Each week, millions of people around the world download the Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess on their favorite device. The sad thing is, they never get to see what our bodies look like. Well, all that's about to change, James, because we're doing our first ever live show. That's right. On Friday, June 22nd, we'll be taking the stage at Toronto's Bad Dog Theater for our first ever live show. And just like the podcast, we'll have some fun segments, interesting guests, silly games, and all sorts of special surprises. Plus, there's a bar serving beer, wine, and spirits if you need to wet your whistle. Oh, Mike, this sucks. No, it's good. What I wrote is good. The Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess live in Toronto, June 22nd at the Bad Dog Theater. For tickets, visit baddogtheater.com. That was good. Welcome to another fun episode of the Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess, which I will remind you is the only podcast with the guts to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? I would love to take this opportunity to introduce myself. I am one of the co-hosts. I am, of course, Tenant Michael. And, um, well, where's my other co-host? He isn't here this week. There is no Landlord James, and uh, there's a good reason for that. We're going to have a bit of a different style of show today, and I think you're really going to enjoy this. Longtime listeners will know that last week, Landlord James announced he was going to visit his old friend Elon Musk in California. Uh, Elon Musk is dating Grimes, of course, the Canadian songstress, and James was going to go on a trip with Elon Musk. They were going to sort of burrow deep into... Uh, the Earth's core, because Elon Musk is uh, not just concerned with what's out in space, he's, he's also concerned with what's uh, just standing, uh, what's beneath our feet. Uh, anyway, one thing led to another. There was a bit of a tech snafu, and the, the boring machine got stuck 20,000 feet beneath the Earth, and James and Elon and Grimes and some scientists, I shouldn't be laughing about this, but they are stuck down there in the very close to the Earth's core, and they can't get out until help arrives. Um, and so it looks like I'm flying solo this week. Just me, Tenant Mike, and um, I have to admit, I have to admit I'm experiencing a bit of, uh, as the Germans call it, uh, Schadenfreude. Uh, thinking about James's misfortune, because this gives me a, a, a chance that I've been looking for to spread my wings as a solo podcaster and really show the listeners what I'm made of. I, I feel just like um, Paul Simon must have felt when he when he went solo and lost the dead weight of Garfunkel, or when um, who's another famous duo, um, Mario and Luigi, when um, when Mario does a does an adventure by himself without Luigi by his side, sort of uh, holding him back from achieving his full potential. So yeah, I feel like Paul Simon mixed with a bit of uh, Mario, uh, which is an inter- interesting combination because Paul Simon, um, I believe he's a Jewish American and Mario is an Italian man. So I feel just like those two mushed together. Anyway, uh, you're in for a great episode with me, 
doing most of the heavy lifting. However, I am not by myself. I have a last-minute emergency, uh, let's call you a guest uh, guest co-host. Um, I'd like to welcome to the pod, Glenn McCauley. Testing, testing, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sound beautiful. You sound beautiful. <laughs> this is my first time using a microphone. Oh, well, you're holding it with the confidence of, uh, of a Paul Simon, I would say. Oh, my God. This is great. He's, uh, he's a big influence on me as a podcaster. So, Glenn, um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, why I asked you to be the special guest today. Well, first of all, I'm a fan. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm glad you are. Uh, if you weren't a fan, I'd be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, so this is a bit like, uh, you know, a, a Weezer fan going on the Weezer cruise, which I have been on, too. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know you were a Weezer guy. Uh, you know, these days, uh, fandom is all-encompassing, you know? So uh, in my I toolkit, like uh, I mean, I don't want to get too far into it, but uh, let's just see. There's a few keys on the old ring there. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm pretty active on the uh, the Podmess boards and on social media. I'm, yes. I'm sure you've seen my name pop up a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think, I'm assuming, the, re- the other reason you asked me to be on this is because I'm a bit of a landlord myself. You are, um, and the with uh, a bit being the operative phrase here, because <laughs> Glenn, you are not a landlord to humans. You are a a specific, uh, unusual type of landlord. Is that fair to say? Oh well, I wouldn't say unusual. Uh, if you were to call man's best friend, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not unusual. saying you're a weirdo. I'm not saying you're a weirdo. Thank you. Uh, I board dogs in my uh, in my backyard. So you're a landlord for dogs. Yes. Uh, and uh, I think that in order to maintain the integrity of this podcast, it's important for every podcast to examine the relationship between a landlord and a tenant. So I'm happy to provide that. Uh, it's a little strange without James here. It's a little strange just talking to you in person, quite frankly. <laughs> well, I mean, please relax. I hope you're, you're not intimidated by me. Um, please think nothing of James's absence. Uh, if anything... I feel like today's show is going to go a lot smoother without him always contradicting me and putting me down and insulting those I love. So, yeah. Anyway, it's interesting to hear you talk about being a dog lord. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, because a, a human landlord has human tenants who pay him far too much rent, if you ask me. Whereas, if you're a dog landlord... The, you actually pay to keep the dogs alive. The, the dogs, unless they have jobs, they don't really pay you a monthly rent check no. or <laughs> call you for repairs. No, no. It's, uh, of course, the, the food and the shelter, it's subsidized by the owners paying me a small fee. Of course, I, ta- I, I would take them for free. Right. Don't get me wrong. Because dogs are a joy. They're, a, they're, I mean, next to my wife, they're the joy of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder what you would do, and I hate to put you on the spot here, but if, if someone held a gun to your head, some sort of criminal mm-hmm. held a gun to your head, and I pray this never happens to you, but if, if the criminal said, you need to choose between your wife and, a, and your dogs, what would you choose? Oh, this is podcasting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I would, uh, I guess it would depend on how many dogs, is this one dog are we talking about? Sure. Uh, or, or multiple, it's up to you. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I yeah, I choose my wife. I suppose I, it, I was flashing through pictures of every dog I've boarded, and I 
I'm stopping on a few, if you know what I mean. If we're looking, if we're imagining like a, a photo carousel, there are a few there that had me right. for a second, but uh, then the the next slide went to my wife, uh, you know, cooking right. up a lasagna or what have you, and it kind of yeah. well, dogs, decision made. I think what we're seeing is you you struggled with the answer, and that to me points out the obvious fact that some dogs are beautiful. I couldn't agree more. Yes, and uh, you know, I mean, I am not married. I am not a dog owner. Dogs are not allowed technically in the building, um, and I prefer smaller dogs to bigger dogs. But that's a different such, uh, subject right now. Um, mm. Mm. I would choose my my girl over a dog, also. So I guess we're two peas right in the same pod. <laughs> Podcast. Wow. Two peas in a podcast. How do you do that? How do you come up with... I Like, I seeing it now, you don't have anything written down, so... No, no, I'm uh, operating without notes, flying by the seat of my... Well, shorts, I guess. I'm wearing shorts today, because it's very hot in Toronto. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, I, after doing... This is our 54th episode... Let's just say I've learned a thing or two about the art of the pod. Okay, okay. Well, you're going to have to... I don't know. Carry me along here. I'm not a. I'm not an improvisational oh, whiz or a please don't anything worry. of that sort. So uh, I'll do my best. But uh, I'll just send out, uh, especially my fans out there. My fans. <laughs> I've already got the bug. <laughs> the, the, my fellow posters, social mediaites out there. I say hello from the other side. That's beautiful, and you've got a lovely voice and a great on-air energy. Um, when you said that that you were going to rely on me to do a lot of the, the work today, I couldn't help but think of one of my favorite paintings, Footprints, I think it's called. Okay, sure, yeah. Where a man is cursing the Lord Jesus for, during the toughest time of his life, abandoning him because he saw two sets of footsteps on the beach. And then during the toughest time, just one set of footsteps, and the man curses Jesus, and he, he says, How dare you, you, you filthy rat you left me alone and then christ says actually i was carrying you uh do you want to take back those insults <laughs> oh because christ is invisible christ, well no christ was it was christ's single set of footsteps for a, a time but what was where was the other guy he was care well christ was carrying the other guy oh however you raise an interesting point because i do believe because jesus had the ability to do to do miracles and, I, and i'm tricks yeah he could probably Turn himself invisible if he wanted to. Sure, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Already we're talking about theology. We're talking about faith. We're talking about um, luck and fortune. And this is something that when James is around, we never get to do. So thank you so much for bringing this new sort of attitude to yeah, the Yeah, you're welcome. I hope this sort of maintains still the feel of the podcast we know and love. I, I hope I'm. <laughs> you know, I, I, obviously, I don't want to be mean to you. You've taken me in. Yeah, I've given you shelter. Well, James is building, but... Uh, yeah, well, that's true. Um, also, just before we go any further, Glenn, I should point out, uh, full disclosure, my family are good friends with your family because my parents in the suburbs, I won't tell the listeners where my parents live in the suburbs of Toronto, but my parents are neighbors of yours. Yes, correct. Uh, and... They don't have a dog. Nope. So uh, they've never actually... They've never been over... Real. I've been to see them. I sort of check in intermittently to check if they have got a dog because most of my business is my neighbors but yeah they won't be getting a dog anytime soon oh. well anyway uh let's move on i'll ask you more about your life as a dog landlord in a moment but right now i'm gonna try and keep the show with the same format as usual great and one thing everyone loves about this podcast is james and i always near the beginning we say 
How was, how your, was your week? How was your week? Yes, you're a listener. Um, I'll I'll go first if you don't mind. I would love nothing more. All right. Well, <clears throat> so uh, Torontonians listening will know that this was the first week of real hot, sticky, wet uh, summer weather that we've had so far, and something unfortunate happened to me on Tuesday when I was walking to work. I work at the CN Tower gift shop. Uh, not the one on the main floor, not the one at the top of the tower, but the one far beneath the earth, almost like James being stuck <laughs> underground. Help me out of here. Um, anyway, I was overdressed for the weather. It was about 30 degrees Celsius. Apologies to our American listeners. And just as I got to, to work, I just felt sick to my stomach. I felt woozy. The oh. world around me melted and even just hearing sounds became painful. Oh, wow. Glenn, and... I collapsed. I passed no. out right at the base of the CN Tower. I didn't know that. And I was photographed by some tourists. Oh, I my saw God. That. Anyway, next thing I knew, ambulance was taking me to St. Michael's Hospital. And thank God, the good doctors at St. Mike's saved my life. But I was diagnosed with heat exhaustion. Oh, jeez. And that was the first hot day we've had this summer. Can you believe one my One for luck? one. One for one, as the odds makers say. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, long and the short of it is uh, I'm healthy, I'm okay, but I was told by a doctor that if I go outside this summer to keep my body temperature in check, I need to wear a sort of uh, all-encompassing cool pack system around my body to make sure I don't overheat, because if it happens again, I could pass away, and that's forever. Oh, really? Yeah. So... Uh, I'm trying to take the perspective of a listener. It's weird because I'm here, but yeah. I'm trying to imagine because uh, I'm seeing the the apparatus. Mm -hmm. uh, could you tell the listeners? May you'll probably do a better job describing it than I will. Um, well, let's see. What, let's see you take a stab at describing the apparatus I'm wearing. <laughs> okay, well, that surrounds it, most of my body except for my head. Actually, it appears to be made of a neoprene type material. Um, yep, but with Sort of pockets in, the, I would say, in the style of what's the what's the large man's name in Blues Traveler, uh, the band oh, uh, one John of my, Popper. Yes, a Popper esque Popper. pockets where I assume the ice uh, is it a uh, is it a gel pack? It's gel pack. Yeah, it's not. Uh, so it's like chemicals that stay cold. Yes, to and you told me this. I mean, you have to keep it cool before going out, so it's taking up a lot of room in your refrigerator. Yeah. Which is hurting sort of the whole uh, keeping things, keeping perishables. Uh, yeah. Which is a rough situation. Plus it adds to, because the refrigerator is working overtime, it adds to greenhouse gas emissions, which mm -hmm. actually, it's a, it's a vicious circle. Uh, I'm, I'm, by wearing this cool pack, I am contributing to climate change. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. How was your week, Glenn? Well, I think it would be hard for anyone in this region not to be affected by this heat. So I, too, yep. uh, I'm not near death. Um, I, Knock I, on I, pod. <laughs> 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 uh, fantastic. I, uh, I was boarding uh, a couple larger dogs. Um, they, were, they were mutts. And what I like to do in the summer is to put out like a kiddie pool for the dogs to splash around in uh, and stay cool because I don't want them drying up on my watch. Right. And dying, which has happened, but it's sort of part of the job. Uh, you know, casualties of war, if you will. 
So I, I put out the pool, but this is a pool I usually use for smaller dogs, but I filled it up with ice-cold hose water, and uh, I sent the dogs, uh, Molly and Jasper, into the pool, went in to go uh, get some iced tea for myself, and by the time I was back, they had drank the entirety of the pool, but <laughs> I hadn't realized because they had drank it and then uh, expelled the water by urination, so there was still... What I thought they were splashing around in by the time I got oh. back was actually uh, doggy. I don't know if wee. I can say this. <laughs> yes. Doggy wee. Yeah. So there was. I. It took me a while to sort of put two and two together. Oh no! Don't tell but me you took a dip. Don't. Uh, I dipped my toe in oh. to sort of check the temp, and that was sort of when I realized there's no way the sun's rays could have warmed this the extent and then as a border does you do the taste test etc oh and uh oh glenn so i had to refill the pool and it was kind of a cycle once i got used to it them drinking it all and then so i'm imagining just the entire contents of a pool very quickly sort of mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. like draining yeah and they because they drank it and then immediately they almost like a fire hose just refilling it yes. with their hot dog urine more or less and anyone who has been urinated on a, on by a dog will know that it is hot stuff yeah and in, in the ontario sweltering humidity which oh. is uh, something unfortunately we're known for um it yeah. was it was a bit of a mess but it, I, it wasn't the worst thing i've experienced so really th- th- i'd say that's almost a typical week interesting it's nice to, to get a sort of peek behind the curtain of what it takes and what happens when you're a dog landlord it's not easy and half the time it's a wonderful experience the other half uh you know you're getting bit and you're getting uh uh, peed upon i suppose uh, pooed upon yeah maybe and tell me if this is you know too personal but do you think (laughs) what do you think do you think that dog we or human urine is hotter right as it's coming out uh well I've <laughs> honestly never thought about that before. Uh yeah. Cuz in well, the winter time, I will say if I get caught short in the winter time and I have to uh have a whiz in a snowbank, you can see the heat is rising yeah. from the hot liquid urine. And I mean a same thing a do- I don't know if you've ever walked a dog, but No. Same thing I have. sort of in the don't snow. So I mean, I don't want to be I don't want to be uh, Switzerland on this, if you will, but I'm going to say they're about the same temperature. Okay, probably. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, this is I know this is making for bad podcasting. You no, got to pick no, a no. side. It's fine. You know, even if the guest I have this week isn't stellar, and please take no offense. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a great job so far, even without James, my usual partner here, and I'm feeling good. And I think this is going to be great, and no one's going to complain about what you say. I tend to agree, and I, I I know we've got a bit of a ways to go. <laughs> I'm we do, we scared. Do. I'm scared I'm going to run out of things to say. We're at the uh, the foot of the mountain. I feel okay. And okay, I'm ready. Anyhow, it's time to move on from that fun chit chat to our segment for the week, and uh, we're going to do a segment that's very timely right now, Glenn. Um, I've been waiting for this all week, ever since you told me. I've been excited for this segment. So this is the debut, and I, I, I'm, I'm actually shaking because I'm so excited about this. It's the debut of the new segment called The Landlord and Tenant Podmess Presents A Salute to Ontario Produce. Yeah. Okay. Music. And, uh, yeah. Now, Glenn, are you, are you a five to seven a day man? Is it five to seven that you're supposed to get of... of 
fruits and vegetables? I do have the Canada Food Guide taped on the inside of my sort of grains, legumes covered. I don't pay attention to it uh, as much as I should, but yes, that sounds... You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) You're not fired, but... You should eat more fruit and vegetables. Um, Couldn't agree more. Good for your dogs too. Dogs too. Really? Mm -hmm. Can dogs eat fruit and vegetables? Like I'm trying to picture a dog eating a carrot, and I feel like I'm I'm hallucinating. Yeah, I I think that's just dog food companies. I haven't been a fan for years because they make. uh, I mean, what do they make? They make pellets of. They make pellets of weird brown stuff. Exactly. Would you eat that? No, I would not. <laughs> so I, I hope you didn't bring any with you. Well, my dogs that are boarded will eat essentially the same thing as me. Actually, they, they do eat the same thing as me. So, you know, really? cereal and milk in the morning, uh, lunch, maybe I'll have a... I try to get some fruit in there, so... Now I'm picturing a, a cat eating some Lucky Charms, and that is all equally... Uh, a hallucinatory image. <laughs> I'm just picturing a cat and I'm laughing. Let me tell I love you that. Cats. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, enough about cats. Let's get to uh, our salute to Ontario's finest produce. Okay. And- yeah. How's this going to work, by the way? Because I noticed there's not a question or something to spur. Right. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know too much about Ontario produce besides. Well, usually when James and I do these opening segments, I will make a statement. And he will usually fire back, uh, often insults me, takes a low blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have a little argument and stuff, and I feel like uh, you can also try try that formula, because it's very popular with our listeners, so jump in whenever you want. So um, I'll start it off. The produce I'm looking forward to most in June, which is, which is here now, uh, in Ontario, are cherries, mm-hmm. Asian vegetables... Beans, bok choy, broccoli, cabbage, mm-hmm. cauliflower, lettuce, peas, radicchio. I love the way that sounds, radicchio. And summer squash. How, do you like any of those um, items of produce, Glenn? Well, uh, yeah, lettuce. Oh, you're a lettuce guy. <laughs> Salads. Yeah. Um, like salad. So I'll... Yeah, what was the one that you liked the, the sound of again? Oh, radicchio. Radicchio oh. or radicchio? I think it's radicchio. I don't know. I've never... Do you like radicchio? I'm not, I'm not sure. All right. I've had cherries. You've had cherries? Ooh. Um, great. Um, Sorry, I'm... I've, yeah, I'm usually... going to do the James... Let's take yeah. a time out right here. James usually will... Lash out at me or something. Um, well, why don't you tell me which ones you like, and then maybe oh, we so could try I am some. a big cabbage and beans man. <laughs> Just before you came over today, I had my usual pre-podcast lunch of cabbage and beans uh, to get energized. Um, you stink then. All right. Um, <sighs> sorry. Um, I'm starting to think that maybe this wasn't the best <laughs> segment topic to do. Um, this week, Usually James is a bit more go, uh, go, going for the jugular than you seem to be. Um, I'm trying to think what he would. Here's a, let me just keep going. Just sit back. Um, here's some more items of Ontario produce that I'm looking forward to eating this spring and summer: apples, mm-hmm. strawberries, mm-hmm. asparagus. Now, this is an interesting one: asparagus. Also tied to something we were talking about earlier, urine. 
because um, some people, uh, their bodies are built that if they eat asparagus, then their urine smells strongly of uh, asparagus. And, and are you one of those people? That's how your apartment smells. All right. That was a good shot. <laughs> I, can, I can picture James <laughs> um, That's, I can savaging kind of me that way. I yeah. him like that. Yeah. I feel like I'm... Um, Oh, You're sort fun. of my uh, protege, and I'm training you to be uh, to be a co-host. And who knows? Maybe, maybe if James never comes back, if he dies beneath the Earth's crust, we will become the new permanent uh, co-host I of the show. I think the fact that I have one under my belt, by default, almost. Yeah. I mean, I'd love for the fans to judge. Of course, I'm not. I'm not confident. In yeah. Any. And speaking of that, if you do have any uh, reviews or any comments on this very unusual. An exciting episode of the Landlord and Tenant Podmess. Feel free to tweet us at LTPodmess or shoot us an email at LTPodmess at gmail.com. And we do check those at least once a month. Don't be afraid of that email because it was some of my emails that sort of, you know, obviously I'd seen you around. but Right, uh, right. That sort of connected us. And dreams do come true. Dreams do come true. This is wonderful. Well, I think we should abandon this segment, uh, the salute to Ontario Produce, because it seems to be <clears throat> hitting a, yeah, we a should dead do. end. And uh, what we should do right now is take a little break, recalibrate ourselves, and then come back with a fun interview where I'm going to learn, and we're all going to learn, about what it's like to be a landlord to the dogs. Welcome back to the Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess. I'm new. I'm guest take host, guest special I guest. I can do it. Yes, I, I'm Glenn, special guest host, longtime fan, longtime, how, how do they say it? Longtime caller. Longtime sh- listener, first time First time caller. caller. And we got Mike <laughs> with me. And uh, I, one of the joys of this has been to be able to see how sort of the sausage factory, how everything's made. And I always pictured your breaks being almost as short as it is in the podcast. When you no, no, I we do take about this. one to two hours of a break between the intro and the uh, and the interview. Yes. Yeah, and I was interested to see you sort of getting up and stretching weird. And I stretched the old limbs. I did some jumping jacks, and I took my thirty-minute nap. You were in the bathroom for a little bit. Yes. <laughs> a tough time in there today. We won't get too into that. I'm sorry. This is, uh, again, I couldn't help it. When you were in there, I put on your ice suit. Oh, you did? Okay. And I'm, not... I'm obviously I'm a little bigger than you, so I might have yeah. got a little stretched, but I think that's good for the summer because that sort of airs it out. So I did you a bit of a favor, right. I think. Well, thank you for that favor. Um, anyway, um, I, it's time for me to do the interview with the guest. Uh, usually it's James and me doing this, but it's just me flying solo right now. Um, there are just so many questions I have for you about the life, the dashing life of a dog landlord. And I yes. must say, you are dressed very in a very flashy suit. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I kind of, honestly, I kind of assumed that this was how every podcast guest would show up to a 
podcast recording. I'm not sure if that's true, but I wanted to be safe just in case. I wish they all did. I mean, you know, here you are in an Armani suit, mm-hmm. looking like a million bucks. Most of the guests we have sort of show up uh, looking pretty schlubby. So. Oh, that's that's actually really interesting to me because I always try to picture the guests in my head, mm-hmm. and I always picture them in suits or uh, for the I mean the female patrons gowns gowns yes i also whenever i hear a musician or i hear someone speak i do also picture them in formal wear yeah so yeah i'm I guess glad it's i'm not one the of those only things. one yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i've got some questions wonderful because uh, uh, i am a tenant this is a toronto real estate themed podcast but today we were doing it with a little bit of a twist because you're a dog landlord i love it can i ask you um I know how James deals with problem tenants. He evicts them, and he, he's quite notorious for doing that. He has a reputation for being a eviction crazy landlord. How does a how do you deal with a problem dog tenant? Well, I, it's not unlike what James would do. Of course, we don't call it eviction. Uh, I guess we call it calling the owner. <laughs> Uh, no, I won't stand for a misbehaving dog. Do you I'm, run a tight ship? Do you are you an authoritarian? Do you uh, demand discipline from your dogs? I, I, to an extent, but I don't want to overstep my bounds because they've been trained, and I don't want to right. put anything into their regimen that would cause a disrupt in their own obedience. Okay, so I'm I'm loose with them, but I if if I if an opportunity to teach them a skill is uh, presents itself, by all means, I, I will contact the owner before um so i guess if we're comparing that to living in a apartment building then if you were bad then if i were me no james then i would yes. call your parents yes i like that whose phone number i do have so do i could have actually do that number. yes um now can i ask you have you ever had a, a wonderfully behaved dog but the owner is a bit of a pill. Yes. That you can't stand. Yes, definitely. Um, can, you, uh, can you give us any names, perhaps? I cannot or... give you <laughs> any names, of course. But uh, it's, I mean, it's a, not unlike humans. I, I, I like to say I'm in the human business, actually. Really? The human business, even though you're a dog landlord? Yes, because a part of it is just making your customer, which is the human, happy. So I'm in the human business, and right. you can't get along with everybody isn't it interesting that sometimes real jerks have nice dogs similar things happen um with parents of human children sometimes you meet lovely people and their children are just garbage yeah oh yeah i mean your parents are a ton of fun Thank uh, you. anytime i've been over to their place uh I, again they don't come to mind but they they'll offer me Something to drink, something to eat. They might play me a new record or something that they bought. But oh, uh, there always isn't a record. Sort of, yeah. You're a bit different than that. You're. I no. I don't. I'm not saying anything. I don't, I'm not sure if I should be. Uh, you're different uh, than your parents. They're okay. Um, I'm not sure if this is a compliment or an insult, but let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, just when you when I came in, you didn't say anything. You opened the door and yeah. you pointed to the microphone. Well, I was preoccupied. I had just finished my lunch of cabbage and beans, and I was digesting. And, uh, okay. So okay, I'll give you. Is they say in the golf? Uh, and they say in golf, you get a mulligan. <laughs> What's that? That's, Rich, I'm thinking of Richard Mulligan. Who's that? From Empty Nest. 
the old sitcom from the old days. Maybe I'm maybe I'm dating myself here, but uh, Richard Mulligan was an actor who who played a doctor on the show Empty Nest, which is a sitcom spinoff of the Golden Girls. Do you remember em- Empty Nest? Uh, I remember the name. I do remember the name. Yeah, I was, don't. No, I the, the Mulligan is it's a golf term. It's a golfing term for. Does it have anything to do with? Richard Mulligan, the actor. Not, what is a mulligan? Maybe? It's when, I, I believe, it's when you hit a ball, a golf ball, and it goes bad, and then you say mulligan, and then you get to do it all. It's a do-over. Oh, it's okay. a do-over. Uh, now, as a kid, I used to confuse Richard Mulligan and Leslie Nielsen, because they kind of looked the same. Can you picture that in your mind? Uh, I, I I told you before, I, have, I don't know right. who mulligan is, but right, I, okay. Leslie Nielsen is a... One of, but definitely one of the funniest actors. And a Canuck to boot. Yes. It's, no. We're always more than happy to send shout-outs to talented Canucks. He's no longer with us. Um, he's been dead for quite a while now. wonder if he had a dog. I wonder. Well, I hope when he passed away, if he did have a dog, that there was someone there to take care of the dog, and that it didn't... Um, didn't just get left alone in a room with a dead corpse for for a while because that that's exactly yeah. what I don't want to happen with dogs. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'd wager that none of us would want that. Right, especially me. Um, they say cats eat your face if you die. Dogs don't. They sort of. I'm, so I'm just picturing the dog <laughs> standing okay. at attention beside Leslie Nielsen's body until help arrived. Yeah, I'd like to hope that that. Yeah, I have full confidence in our. Uh, Man's best friend to yes, not eat us if we were to die. That's right. Uh, that is a great thing. That is, they're called man's best friend because they don't eat yes. our faces. It's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Can I ask another question? Uh, and if you're getting bored of these as dog questions, I don't want to call a mulligan here on your <laughs> questions. Oh, very funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Now I can't stop thinking about Leslie Nielsen. Now, do you know the Naked Gun series of movies? I, 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 yeah, yeah. Again, I told you when right. when we did start talking that I don't know. I don't have the, the, the huge pop culture vernacular, but well, yes, I am. I guess yes. Well, may I make a pitch to you to see them? So, Leslie Nielsen in the Naked Gun series plays Detective Frank Drebin, mm-hmm. and he is a pretty dashing uh, police officer who's, uh, I, I believe, a homicide detective, and. He is in a off-again, on-again relationship with a woman who's played by Priscilla Presley, oh. who is actually um, the, the king of rock and roll's Elvis, ex-wife. Elvis. And interesting fact about that, do you know how uh, old Priscilla Presley was when Elvis Presley started dating her? No. I believe she was 14 years old. Oh. Or 15. Oh, my God. What is that in dog years? What is that in dog years? <laughs> I actually, it's hard for me to think of it if, without thinking of it in dog years. So if, right. I, Fourteen's a little young then. Now, do you have a daughter? No, no, we are childless. I'm well. I'm sorry to hear. If you want a child, I hope you have one. If not, then keep doing what you're doing. But if you had a fourteen-year-old daughter, put yourself in a father's shoes. Would you let that girl date a twenty-two-year-old or twenty-one-year-old man? Mulligan. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I mean, that's ridiculous because I... Hedging uh, your bets. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
Maybe we can talk about the dogs more if that... Right, I've gotten far off track. I just want to say that Frank Drebin is in an on-again, off-again relationship with Priscilla Presley, and then also O.J. Simpson is in, I think, all three of the movies. Naked Gun, Naked Gun 2 and a half, and Naked Gun 33 This and a feels third. like a bit. I don't... This That's crazy. Anyway. I wonder if Leslie Nielsen had to testify at the O.J. trial. I guess there's no way to find out that. Have no, you ever um, abused any of the dogs? No, no, and I'm because I know that is a common thing. Sort of, I'm going to break character here and say that I'm a little insulted that you would ask me. Don't such be. A thing I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize. I I, I'm also. This is an opportunity for me to promote my business too. Please, by all and, means. Uh, for me to openly admit that would be absolutely insane. Not that I do it. I of course would never do it. So right. So just to be clear, I'm a bit confused here. You haven't abused any of the no. dogs. No. In okay. Because a lot of p- people do that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm talking about Sorry, puppy mills, dog no. kennels. Some of these no, conditions they, these animals grow up in, it, it, it just turns your hair gray. Um, and the same can be said for seniors' homes and hospitals. Yes. Well, in every industry, there's bad eggs. And I sort of take offense to generalizing like that, uh, right. almost to imply that they're commonplace. So, I mean, if you have nothing to... To hide, then you have nothing to fear. No, I do not. That's what I always I say. I do fear what you're going to ask me next. Uh, to be honest, I'm starting to sweat a little. <laughs> I thought that you'd be sort of more... I sort of pictured this... I, I guess I thought it'd be more fun. My job as the host is to put our guests on the hot seat and ask them the, the tough, uncomfortable questions that no one else has the guts to do. And anyone who's listened to this podcast before will know that that is I, yeah. our job as the host. I suppose... I, I And I didn't want to say this because I sort of halfway through a sort of feeling it but i think it almost the yin yang of having james here maybe we stop this what? episode now maybe we don't put it out because i <laughs> i don't oh, I'm that's rich. starting to see it as from a fan's perspective and i don't know if so you're telling me as a guest on this podcast this very special edition without james that i should not put this out because it's it's missing a secret ingredient named james I, how dare you maybe Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'll go back to the boards. I'll tell everyone what happened here today. And I I would suggest holding it. Holding it, at the very least, maybe run it by James. Maybe you should hold your opinions in your goddamn brain before squirting them out all over everyone everyone who didn't ask to hear them. Uh, Well... Anyway, um, can I ask you more questions? Uh, What's the silliest thing that's ever happened to you as a dog landlord, that's ever happened to you? Uh, there was a... God damn. Um, There's a dog named Boner. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's interesting when dog owners... When they're... Well, how should I phrase this? When they're naming a dog, and they tr- they sort of go over to the dark side a bit, and they name a dog something like Boner. This was... I. It was an it's an elderly couple, and they sort of named it after this dog's fondness for chewing on bones, not realizing that it's also a Boner. term for a male erection. Uh, right. So it was know. silly to me for like a little bit. But was yeah, the couple I mean, possibly were they new to Canada? Do they are do they speak English as a first language? No, not I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know their their ethnicity? I I mean again the the I don't think. All right. I right. don't know where you're going with this. Okay, I'm just curious if you... Basically what I'm asking here. I want to ask you about 
Now I'm thinking of the comic strip Marmaduke here. Yes, okay, that's something I know. Marmaduke. Are See, you a when fan you bring of Marmaduke? It back, if there was a dog and then what is it? The Naked Gun. The Naked Gun. Yeah. Then maybe I'd have. I'm sort of drawn to that sort of thing. Uh, right. But oh, yes, Marmaduke, the uh, Great Dane. The Great Dane is a big, huge fella, very yes. powerful legs. Yeah, and he's always he's getting yeah he's getting into trouble all the time. One of his, I guess I would say his number one nemesis is the mailman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you work with dogs all day. When the mailman comes around, or mail woman, the mail carrier, do your dogs try and attack? Have they ever attacked? I get a large variety of dogs, various temperaments, and they would react the same way to a mailman as they would any other person. So uh, I'm not sure where that where that legend came from. And this is actually I'm kind of that sparked a question in my mind. Where did the myth of the mailman come from? Where did the myth Are of they the mailman versus the dog perhaps come from? Maybe in the old days they would deliver meat with their mail because <laughs> you didn't have cars. Right. So my best guess is they were delivering meat in, with their mail, and that's why the dogs would. Because if you if you you will stir up a dog if you present it with meat. With meat. So you're picturing a time when like maybe the wagon shows up. Yep. And uh, the mailman or carrier puts in some letters, some bills. Uh, always bringing bills, and also maybe a, a nice T-bone steak. Yeah, into or your mailbox. an envelope of ham or something along that. An envelope of ham. Yeah, I just picture that in my head. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, brings me back to thinking about yesteryear, all these these out outdated um, practices, such as delivering meat through the mail. But yeah, it's interesting to think about these things. Yeah, so to answer your question, I, yes, that uh, the mailman, whatever, the fireman, the policeman, I don't care. They're, if they have meat in their pockets, my dogs will go. If you're out there listening and you're around dogs, uh... You don't want to get bit? Don't keep meat in your pockets. Precisely. Do you think that Marmaduke is better than Scooby-Doo or Lassie or the Littlest Hobo? Now we are talking. Canadian dog, right? It's yes. always nice to send out a shout-out to some Canucks. Yes. Wow. Okay. You, well, you, how many did you mention there? Four? Let's rank them. So Marmaduke, Scooby-Doo, uh, the, the Littlest Hobo, and Lassie. Coming in at number one. This is my best radio Coming in at number one, <laughs> it's I'm gonna go with Scooby Doo, and why? Uh, I think he's so funny. Uh, I like his name; is especially funny. And Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, right? Scooby Doo. I've met a f- bunch of Scooby Doo's actually in my time boarding dogs. It's a popular name. Really, Scooby Doo, uh, number one. I like how he's scared of things too, because he's, that's he's. I mean, he, like Marmaduke, he's a Great big fella with very powerful leg muscles, which is a part of the, you know, if you watch the Mm -hmm. cartoons, they always emphasize that. Um, Reminds me of the first dog I I boarded, too. Really? Yeah. Terrified of my shed. (laughs) Terrified. Would not go in there. Really? Yeah. What do you keep in that shed? Oh, like cages (laughs) and dog things. Well, I can't blame the fellow. But it's interesting to think of a great big beast that's such a freighty Yes, cat, right? yes, that's why he's number one. Right. Come, so, number one, Scooby-Doo. Coming in at number two. Uh, ooh. I'll go Marmaduke. Controversial. Because uh, I would have put them in the exact opposite order. Anyway, wow. why, why is he number two? Uh, well, because he reminds me of my two favorite things, marmalade and uh, dogs. 
Right. <laughs> You're a marmalade man too. I no, I admit I'm not, but I thought that would be really. Oh, because I am a marmalade. Man. Oh, yeah. No, well, love it. Yeah. Anyway, um, Marmaduke. Yeah. I love the strip. Number three. It seems. Sorry, before you go to number three, and I can't wait to hear what it is. Is it just me, or does the Marmaduke comic strip seemed as if each panel was drawn while a man was trying to like flee a burning house? Very messy lines. A lot, not a lot of details. It looks very messy, almost like um, we're going into Herman territory. Remember Herman? That also looked very messy and depressing. I re- do sort of recall Herman. I'm not an I'm not an art critic. Lord knows I can't draw. So to oh. me, that's uh, well, fair enough. That's uh, worthy of the Louvre. <laughs> so I don't know. If, oh uh, my! It's weird goodness. for you to be overly critical of something like that. That I. I can you imagine going into the Louvre? I'm just going to run with your idea here. And instead oh. of, you know, seeing the Mona Lisa up there on the wall, they have a framed Marmaduke comic strip. I would love that. Yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to picture something so... I don't... I, I'm sorry. I don't know. Well, I'm I think it's stopped. wonderful. I know you had a bit just, of momentum there. And kinda, I've made you shy. I made <sighs> you... Uh, anyway, uh, who's your number three dog? Coming in at number three... Uh... The Littlest Hobo. The Canuck. Yeah, my only concern... I, I, I think I would have put him higher, but I don't like the idea of a dog not having an owner. I think the two go hand in hand. I think dogs were... he's like a rogue a Yes, rogue he agent. is a rogue agent. Yes, yeah. uh, that, I like that. That's cool. Him... We domesticated dogs, we being humans, so... We did. It seems... It's unnatural to me. I mean, someone who cares for dogs like that, I see someone like the Littlest Hobo, and I see that I could give him a life that's worthy of his, uh, his heroics kind of thing. Does so you he... want to care for him. You want to give yes. him a home. Yes. I want to care for every dog I meet. You want to give him unconditional love. Correct. And uh, from what I can remember from the show, does not receive it. So it, it was, it's hard to watch. It was a hard to watch show, but in a kind of a good way, like when you're watching a scary movie. Right. Yeah, it is scary. Some of those episodes, oh, give me the heebie-jeebies. Do you think that The Littlest Hobo had a problem receiving affection maybe he had a personality disorder or he had unsettled childhood trauma issues where he he shunned affection i'm and glad you actually brought that up because dogs can suffer trauma just like humankind really and, um oh that's wonderful i that's wonderful no that, i think that uh i mean i mean the dogs terrible. and humans I, have more in common than they than they don't I, I mean i would wager all creatures do but uh I would definitely not say it's wonderful. I think that's. A I don't wish bit, for dogs uh, to experience trauma. Of you. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I, I I do you know minor psychoanalysis on all my well tenants for lack of a better term. I guess we're on the tenants, pod, right? Yep, we're on yep, the pod. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm picturing a little leather couch with a dog splayed out there, and you sitting there like. Uh, you know, Sigmund Freud saying, like, tell me about your childhood. Well, no, nah, I don't talk to them like that. I mm-hmm. sort of, I'd employ more of a sort of a babyish voice. Sort oh, sort of the, you know, really? Good boy, good boy type thing. I'm not going to do it here. I can't do it. I can't do an impression of All me. Right. But uh, I do have a leather couch. I do have a lot of dogs. And I love trying to accommodate whatever need they have. And if that means looking into their eyes and thinking about what they need from a. You're like Canada's Dr. Phil. I'm just going to say it. Oh, come on. And I can see he's, that's listeners, that's he's turning, he's turning red. He's, all afternoon. he's blushing. 
Uh, I'll take it. I'll take that right. one. So that was number three. And that means right. that dog number four can only be Lassie. Yes. Tell uh, us about Lassie. Well, Lassie is almost uh, the, the too high a standard of a dog. I think uh, what you would see... When did Lassie first come out? Uh, I think sometime in the late 50s or early 60s. Yes, and if you look at data from that period, you'll see a strong drop, or rather increase, in dogs being purchased. Back then, they didn't have humane societies. You had to buy them off, uh, say, breeders, farmers, or sort of uh, people on the street who would make a business out of it. Street vendors, yeah, street dog vendors. Exactly, and there's no way a dog could live up to what Lassie brought to the silver screen. So what you'd see right. was children, oh, I'd like a Lassie, one Lassie, please. They'd get sold a dog, more often than not a mutt. Uh, right. Maybe, perhaps, tried to bred in the same style. And then only to have them returned. Uh, because it didn't hours. quite live up to the... Yes. The expectations that they saw on the screen of this heroic beast saving yes. lives uh, and... Get me dinner. Get... Right. Uh, go feed the the kids, etc. So, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. A lot of people don't... Yeah, it's kind of a weird... I, I'm, yeah, part of history, but I'm... I'm it's an important part, part of my of business. History. You have to sort of learn what's up, so... Right. So you probably know a lot about the CN Tower. Yes, that's true. Yep. Look at that. I got the host work thing yeah. down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, James, better uh, uh, watch out because it looks like there's a young there's a new gun comer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now here's I didn't want to have to ask you this question, but I need to. Are you familiar with the old film Old Yeller? Yes. So it's yes. about again. A, it's a dog film. Yes. It's about and a kid a who murders yeah. his dog. Spoiler alert. I think that's. I mean, it's more of a relationship between a boy and his dog. I think the... Right. I, I, I hesitate to even use the term murder because... Well, it's... This is... you. We each are entitled to our own interpretation of the movie. Let's just say, put it's it It's funny way. when James gets mad at you and short with you. I always... I kind of give you the benefit of the doubt. I think he's being uh, hyperbolic. But it's weird when we're sitting here. Okay. And you... Like, I'm... I, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I get work. I'm getting a little work. I mean, up. you are frowning, and I'm getting um, a bit of an aggressive energy off of you and right you now. S- you seem to feed off that almost. I I've been told that before, and I all I can say is I sh- uh, shrug. I don't know why. <laughs> Even that, I don't know why. Like there was a weird shiver I got. Yeah, well, really uncomfortable. Okay. Anyway, we had a little yes. disagreement about Lassie. <laughs> yes, and that's about a child who uh, just in cold blood. I, murders his dog. Again, Have see? you ever had to face that very unfortunate situation where you had to take the dog out to the by the shed, load your shotgun, say a prayer to Jesus? See, and I'm gonna blow the dog away. I'm gonna ignore. I I'm gonna ignore the terminology you used because I would like to tell people that uh, you know, in nature, life and death, it's it's a cycle, and that sometimes dogs, yes, do need to get put down. Have I had to put one yep. down? No. Has a dog perished on my watch? Yes. Oh, skeletons in the cupboard. It was nothing. Dog skeletons. Now I do apologize for that image, but go on. I, I, I to be honest, there's nothing more that I'd like to say on that. Um, okay. I will say, and if you are listening and you, if you've got the idea that you want me to board your dog, that was not 
nothing to do with anything I did. It was so an like elderly re- dog. You're reiterating that um, earlier you said you do not abuse the animals in your care, and now you're saying you've never blown one away. So your your business's reputation is still sterling. So don't don't worry about I, that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. If you're the, the conclusion, yes, my business is sterling. Yes, your business is sterling. Wonderful. No, no is problem. Is this good? Is, is this? This is. A, I think this is going. It started off well. That's what I'll say. It started off well. I feel like I'm doing a good job, and um, I guess you can't bring in a dog landlord to do a human landlord's job. I, is what the takeaway will be. And I, di- I don't know what you expected of me. Right. Um. Okay, everybody. I think it's now time for us to take a little tiny break. And we'll be back with our final game segment. Do you like playing games? Yes. Great. I'm looking forward to this. Maybe we can salvage the episode. I, yeah. I, well, we'll see. All right. Okay. Oh, well, I'm, I'm Glenn. And I'm Tenant Mike. Welcome back to this very special, <clears throat> some would say, failed experiment edition of the Landlord and Tenant Podmess. Of course, I am Tenant Mike, regular co-host Landlord James couldn't be with us this week. Instead, I'm joined by Glenn McCauley, a dog landlord, right? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I did bring up, maybe we should just scrap this whole thing. You said, no, let's try the last yeah. part. You, you keep bringing this up that I should delete this file um, that's my decision to make and mine alone. So, okay. Anyway. I'm, I'm a, sort of saying this from a fan's perspective at this point, and I'm not sure if this will fit sort of the oeuvre of the show that we're all... You know what? Fuck so, fans. Right? Fuck fans. Well, let's get to the... Let's do the... This is, uh, The fans love this part. Uh, yes. I gotta go soon. So, so this is the game part you're referring to, right? Yes, yes. We're gonna have a, a fun game... <clears throat> Listen, I just swore, and I'd like to apologize. Um, despite me wearing a cool pack, my temper is flaring, and I'm going to try and keep it together um, to make this episode a success. So let's just play this game. Do you want to uh, announce the name of the game? Uh, we didn't talk about a name, but the gist of it is the I- your ideal day at the landlord The Landlord and Tenant presents... The Landlord and Tenant pod- Podmas presents your... Um, your ideal day at the beach, right? And I can, I can already hear the sound of the sea and the surf and um, beach balls. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go take a turn each and describe our, like the game says, mm-hmm. our ideal day at the beach. Yeah. Now, who should go first? Uh, I'll go first. We. Well, that you just really jumped in there. Yeah, I, I, as I, said, I gotta go soon. Okay. But. Uh, and mine's quick because I think for most people, I, I think they're going to share my idea of the beach. Uh, you might just your answer might be a carbon copy. So here goes. Okay. Uh, I'll have a, a dog with me again. I don't own a dog, but certain owners do allow me to take them to the beach. I'll 
clear with them first. So I'll have a dog with a leash, a beach chair, umbrella, uh, a tennis ball to throw into the water for the dog to go get. And if it gets too hot, I'll take a dip. And I have a cooler of, uh, if it's, depending on what kind of beach it is, mostly, I guess, maybe some a pop. Or if it's, you know, somewhere that's cool with it, I'll bring a, a nice cold beer and a few snacks. And my wife's there, too. And it's sunny. And it's okay. And I'll go in for a dip. Did I mention that? I don't know. You did. Yes. You did mention it. I'll edit, the, I'll edit that out so we don't have any redundancies. <sighs> uh, well, that sounds like a beautiful day at the beach for you. Uh, my day at the beach? Hmm. Well, let's see. It's a little bit different from what you just described. Okay. For me, the perfect day on the beach is I get on the TTC. I'm in my... It's a beautiful sunny day, and I'm in perfect. my okay. cool pack suit to keep my body temperature low and loose so I don't uh, pass out again from heat exhaustion. And I've got my old dog-eared copy of Angela's Ashes. And I've got uh, a basket full of fresh Ontario produce, uh, apples, peaches, plums, some corn, okay, yeah. um, etc. cetera, uh, radicchio. Raw? <laughs> and um, I go down to Sunnyside Beach, and I uh, plank my, plunk my uh, sun chair down in the sand, but I'm not facing the water. I'm facing the city, because the mm. glare of the water is too much uh, for my eyes. And I sit there, and I've got just a big, thick cake of uh, sunscreen on me, and I read a couple chapters of Angela's Ashes. I help myself to some apples, some peaches, some cherries, and all sorts of yummy berries. And then um, within 10 minutes, because of the sun pounding down on me and because the uh, cool pack is melting around my body, I have to uh, return home. But uh, to me, that is very relaxing. It's a wonderful thing to do, and... uh, I also do admit that I, uh, I I get a kick out of seeing um, young, attractive bodies on the beach. Uh, so there, there we go. Oh yeah, okay. Well, this was an episode. Uh, Glenn, thanks for joining me. I think. Thank you. Thank you for being. Uh, thank you for letting me do this. I I do mean that. And to the fans out there, dreams do come true. But this isn't what you think it is, kind of thing. It's not. Don't dream this, okay? Because um, there's, it's, there's just certain feelings I'm getting. And Do you that feel I've had. bad? Do you regret coming on the show today? I live life with no regrets. That's nice. Do I? Will I tell this as a story to my wife and friends as something? That wasn't a, necessarily a happy experience. Yes. Uh, All right, but no regrets. No regrets. Now, no regrets. Hearing you say that phrase, "no regrets," that wonderful phrase reminds me of probably the second most popular song by Canadian rock legend Tom Cochran. Do you remember the song "No Regrets"? Yes, I. Yeah. All right. Uh, I will say this, and this I think it's on the theme of no regrets is what. This has changed my way of looking at the show. You were my, you were kind of, I like, you you were my favorite before, and then, I don't know, I'm sort of, no longer? Bite my tongue on that, I suppose. All right. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Well, um, I'd just like to reiterate, this episode did not go exactly as I had hoped, and uh, hopefully 
the uh, authorities will be, will be able to rescue James from the Earth's crust, where he's currently trapped in a boring machine with Elon Musk and Grimes and some scientists. And uh, he'll be back here next week, hopefully, fingers crossed, God willing. I'd love to come back as a guest, maybe with James here. Sure, yeah, email us. Yes, and look me up. I think this is probably the most important part for me is that I'm available to board your dog. Sure, and what is your dog company's uh, phone number and email address? It's called Wonderful Dogs, phone number 647-999-9988. Email address wonderfuldogs underscore eight six nine three at simpatico.ca. Great, and I'll make sure that that uh, contact information is crystal clear when the episode goes out. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week, hopefully with a uh, nicer episode. Thanks. Uh-huh.